0: This episode is part of a series of curious conversations between creative minds. Dear Creative Mind, welcome. This podcast is a space I created for us to explore the depth, textures, and intricacies of our creative mind. My name is Pascal, and I'll be your guide helping you navigate your rebellious path. I know our creative mind sometimes gets lost in the maze of our imagination or sidetracked by the stories of our inner critic. On this podcast, you'll find grounding meditations to soothe your mind, coaching notes to help you find more focus and flow, and conversations with other creatives to inspire you in the hopes of helping you better understand and take care of your whole creative self. I really do hope you enjoyed this episode. Today I'm chatting with Lydia Renee Darling, who is an actor, writer and also founder of Oh My Gosh Creative, which is an entertainment marketing agency that works with production companies and also creative professionals. Her mission is to elevate marginalized voices through the power of storytelling and also help creatives find sustainable visibility, which is actually one of the main topics that we'll get into during our conversation. Uh, We'll talk about how we can grow our creative work, how can we get more visible without burning out we also touch on navigating uncertainty as an artist and a creative and also running a business with chronic illness and mental health issues it's been honestly so lovely to get to know more about lydia renee and her journey and i hope you'll enjoy this conversation so without further ado let's meet lydia renee darling
1: lydia renee welcome to the podcast Yay. Thank you. It's so much fun to do this on a Friday night. It's like a nice way for me to wind down.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's lovely. I'm really glad to have you on the podcast today and have this conversation with you because I know that we're going to explore so many different topics that uh, creatives can relate to. Um, I know that we'll dive into taking care of our well-being and learning to become more visible with our creative work without burning out. Um, So a lot of big topics that we often have to navigate as artists and creatives, and you know that very well because you are one as well.
1: Yeah, 100%. It's it's conversations that I wish we had out in the open more, more often. So it's a mm-hmm. good, important thing to talk about. I think it's a really productive conversation to have. Yeah,
0: it really is. So I would love for you to maybe open up this conversation by sharing a little more about you. So maybe you want to take us into your creative mind and your journey as an actor-writer and maybe share more about um, the work that you do through your own business.
1: Yeah, so I'm Lydia Renee aka Lid, and I grew up in Madison, Wisconsin, um, kind of a smaller city, and was always really interested in the performing arts, but both of my parents come from pretty recent like immigrant families, so it didn't seem like something that was super encouraged in my community. It was kind of, you know, pushed that I go the academic route, and I did love more traditional academics, but I just kind of felt continuously pulled to the performing arts and I felt there was a lot of academic rigor in it as well. So I ended up going to conservatory or like a traditional kind of drama school and got my BFA in musical theater. And I had my showcase in New York. Um, I was really excited by the response I was getting. Um, and that was maybe March 10th, 2020. So you can probably guess <laughs> what happened a couple days later. Oh, wow. um, Yeah, everything shut down. I was in the process of um, callbacks for the national tour of Hamilton alongside a couple of my classmates and then everything just kind of went dark Broadway went dark the world kind of went dark and I ended up going back home to my one bedroom apartment um, on my college campus It was just me and my two cats. And I had COVID. um, (laughs) So I couldn't go back home, right? Because both my parents worked in healthcare, and they were also high risk. So from there, it was kind of like, okay, what do I what do I do next? So Mm -hmm. I ended up moving back home to Wisconsin, living with my mom, um, kind of being like a teenager again, in that sense, and just working to save up and move back out again. And I just decided like, you know what, I have to do something. Um, It was the only way I was going to stay sane. So I just started self-producing a web series. I did a short film fully remotely that ended up in a couple of small festivals. And um, I ended up continuing all of these writing classes and I was like, you know what, might as well go for a master's. So I submitted to two schools in London. I got into both and I ended up getting my MA in script writing from Central. So I moved to London and Uh, About uh, October 2021. So I've been here just over a year. And as soon as I got here, I lost my job, (laughs) which was great timing. So I basically launched the business out of necessity. I had been working in marketing since 2016, and I had always wanted to go freelance and specialize in entertainment marketing for my clients. But Now I was kind of forced, you know, my hand was forced. um, So I made the best of it. And that's how I ended up kind of where I am currently, um, both being an actor writer here in London, um, performing and participating in a lot of like playwriting and script writing labs, but also in a couple of entrepreneurship programs, um, releasing digital products and working here in London with theaters on their marketing and audience development.
0: Wow. Okay. And all of that happened in like two years and a half, right (laughs) (laughs)
1: yeah it feels like it feels like I've aged 10 years just in those two
0: right Um, (laughs) wow that's that's yeah that's quite impressive that's a that's a very uh gem-packed journey if you will and I'm sure there were many lessons along the way I'm curious to know if there's any um specific lessons that come to mind when you think about when you kind of do the recap of these two years
1: yeah that's a great question I think something that I learned was I was limiting myself with my ambition and not that I wasn't setting my goals high enough. It was just, they were too specific. You know, Mm -hmm. I came from this very like rigorous conservatory and this drama institution that was great, but when all of your mentors and upperclassmen and professors are all you know, working on Broadway or in a national tour and you feel that's what you quote unquote should do, mm-hmm. um, it's not necessarily what you, it might not add up to what you want to do anymore. And so I think the biggest lesson for me was deprogramming that and thinking about what do I actually want from not just a career, but a creative life. Because I had seen so many brilliant theater artists who were just so burned out by their careers. Um, And that was the biggest, I think, takeaway from me in the past couple of years.
0: Right. So like shifting from what you should be doing, what you think you should be doing, to really listening to what you want and what's out there and kind of surrendering to that, right?
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. And if I hadn't opened my mind, I wouldn't have gotten my MA. I wouldn't be in London and I would have never started a business. Um, I think it's, you can be ambitious and have a plan, but still be open to other opportunities. And I think I was limiting my opportunities um, because I hadn't sort of opened myself up to other possibilities.
0: Hearing hearing your story, for sure, something that comes to mind is um, the fact that, well, you've been navigating a lot of uncertainty, but the entertainment industry and also the creative industry can be very uncertain at times for many artists and actors and singers and dancers and all kinds of creatives. So I'm curious to hear more maybe about your experience with uncertainty and how maybe you personally navigate this part of your work.
1: Yeah, I mean, uncertainty is, like you said, it's such a natural kind of pattern of creative work. And I think especially because of the pandemic, the creative industry as a whole is really having kind of a reckoning with itself and somewhat of an identity crisis and deciding what it wants to be moving forward and i think when you're working within that environment it can be really tough to have a strong sense of self um but i think that's really critical to move through times of uncertainty is to just be extremely clear about what values you hold and the type of people you want to work with and i think too you know someone who's (laughs) i'm very like type a planner girl, regimented, always shows up at least 15 minutes early. Um, So that uncertainty was hard for me to accept at first. But I think if you have a strong sense of the people you want to work with, the projects you want to work on, um, you won't compromise as much. And I think as long as you stay values driven, even when some of the setbacks come, like, you know, getting those callbacks for the national tour was so exciting. I felt like it was kind of the real start to my career. Um, and then when that all falls through, I think if you stay focused on, on your values and the type of people you want to work with, you can still find something fulfilling. Um, and that's kind of how I navigated it, uh, is just remembering that just because this certain opportunity falls through or didn't fall in place at that time doesn't mean there won't be more or there won't be just as much of a fit, um, in with something else.
0: I'm sure like dealing with uncertainty, um, it just brings a lot of stress for a lot of us, and it can be quite challenging for our nervous system as well. And I wanted to maybe bring that topic to the conversation. Um, Do you have any rituals or practices that help you take care of your well-being personally? Maybe something that that was supportive for you throughout the, the past couple of years that you'd like to share with us when it comes to the stress that it can activate within us?
1: Yeah, I mean, I've gotten a lot better at doing them regularly. At first I would have you know, little self-care sessions and then realize like, oh, this isn't really restorative because it's not consistent. And so now I kind of build those habits into my day that are really restorative for me when I'm experiencing that kind of uncertainty. Starting the day with like a warm cup of tea with honey and just sitting with it um, and not feeling the need to start right away or to do, to just be and sort of exist is really calming and just engage with the senses. I try to take a walk every day for about an hour, um, just kind of get out, especially because the writer marketer part of my work is so glued to a computer that can be really intense um, for our brains. So I try to do that a lot. And then I try to treat myself to a nice bubble bath, like once a week, just sit and listen to a good podcast or a nice playlist, um, maybe read a book. And I feel like those activities, building them in more consistently has helped a lot versus just kind of throwing them in there after the stress happens. (laughs) You have to like kind of be proactive about building that routine out for yourself before it hits.
0: Absolutely. And the consistency of it is... The most important thing I I feel like from from what I'm hearing from you and from my personal experience as well, sometimes you know these mm, self care rituals or practices can shift uh, depending on what we need or how we feel. But it's really the consistency of it to have that routine or that ritual that practice every day or week or month um, to just kind of create. Um, I don't know the image I have is like a just a foundation for. Your well being, just so that,
1: right, totally. as you
0: mentioned, you don't kind of react based on like when you really are burnt out, but you really support yourself throughout the days and the weeks and the months to make sure that your cup is always full, right?
1: Totally. I think you're exactly right. It's building that foundation so you have this kind of you know, in acting class, we used to call it toolkit, right? You have a toolkit of all these things you can use when you're going through something. Um, But if you practice using them beforehand, it's much easier to use them when you are having, you know, a really stressful time, um, because you've already engaged in that practice kind of day to day or week to week.
0: I know that you also happen to have chronic illness. So would you like to share maybe a bit more about this and and how it, Impacts how you run your business and maybe your well being practices as well?
1: Yeah, so I've struggled with PMDD since I was like a preteen. It's been, you know, over a decade, um, long over a decade um, of kind of struggling with it, trying different treatments. Um, and it's a mix of usually they put you on some type of hormonal birth control and an antidepressant, but finding that sweet spot took a long time. And then once I did, it completely changed again. And um, that can be really disruptive to everything in li- in my life, not just my you know, career, my work, um, but the mental effects are really what's most intense. The physical effects are definitely bad, but um, just at, at its worst, um, completely unable to do most things. Um and as I've gotten older and gotten more treatment, it's been a lot of mental fatigue, um, fog, you know, extremely low energy, um, low mood. And I think that I sort of had to learn what my own patterns were in terms of when, because it's hormonal, right? Um, being really mm-hmm. clear and identifying when my symptoms were coming up, and using that to kind of plan in advance to give myself a break. And I kind of, I guess I used to see it as some sort of disruption um, to my work. And now I see it as more just another, you know, obstacle I will get through, you know, just like Mm -hmm. anything else you face in business in the month. It just happens to be one that, you know, is more health-based and that I'm dealing with on a personal level. And um, the more I kind of got used to blocking off that time for myself and communicating it with clients you know I didn't disclose what I was dealing with but mm-hmm. just you know made was transparent about having to move things around um, people were more receptive than I, I thought they would be and that's given me a more opportunity to rest um, during that like one and a half week period where things are pretty intense and then it allows me to do my best work on the rest of the month um, and so mm-hmm. I thought it was kind of like at first conceding to my illness that I would schedule things around it. Like I wanted to power through. And part of that is just the industry I work in and, you know, kind of the culture I was brought up in, you know, in, in drama school. Um, But it's actually made me even more, um, even better of an artist now that I've worked around it and worked with it instead of just fighting through.
0: Exactly. And that's, that's a very, very great reminder that you just, mentioned to kind of work with it instead of fighting against it. I love that you mentioned that. Thank you for that important reminder, whether we have some type of chronic illness or maybe mental health issues or anything that may be happening in our lives. Um, That's a very important reminder. So thank you.
1: Yeah, of course. I mean, I I have to constantly remind myself, right? And I think it's that work is never never done. Um, mm-hmm. Just consistently reminding yourself it's okay to work with whatever's happening. Um, denial, <laughs> it it might feel good in the moment, um, but it will not get you anywhere. Um, and yeah, it's it's a conversation I frequently have internally <laughs> that I think yeah. is always important.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a whole process of uh, self acceptance. Um... But as you said, it's the first step to kind of shifting anything or making sure that we can find uh, more is to just accept that it's there and then work with it instead of kind of wishing that it wasn't there and trying to get rid of it. Um, there are some things that we cannot, unfortunately, get rid of, but we can learn to work around it or with it, as you mentioned. And um, something also that that you said um which I think is important for us to remind ourselves is to be proactive in the way that we take care of ourselves, um, instead of being reactive. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. A plan of self-care to, to just make sure that we take care of ourselves, um, as we grow our creative work, as we just navigate life to be proactive with these things and to get to know ourselves, to, um, to accept what it what is to work with it and then to have kind of like a a support plan and something that I love to remind my clients as well is that for sure the action steps and the action plans are important to add some structure in terms of like trying to reach your goals and all of that this is super important but there's also this other part of the plan that we often forget which is supporting ourselves as we take action so I love the fact that you're just reminding us today to be proactive with that. So thank you.
1: <laughs> Honestly, I I love that, that idea of having this supportive plan underneath or kind mm-hmm. of like as the foundation of, you know, goal planning, Um, because it's, it's true, right? I think, we live, particularly in the West, right? It's very goal-oriented, kind of very hustle-oriented, but you can't have those goals without some sort of framework to mm-hmm. make sure you cross the finish line. And yeah, it's all about what you have in your toolkit. You know, it could mm-hmm. be like going out on like, a, taking yourself on a date once a week or going to the park mm-hmm. um, every day. It's it's having those little things in your arsenal. Yeah, to support that that goal-oriented work. Otherwise it becomes... Burnout city, at least in my experience.
0: <laughs> yes, and in mine as well, and in many people that I've talked to as well. I think it's important to, uh, whenever we have a goal and we're clear about, okay, well, I need to take that action to kind of um, implement the habit or the reflex of asking ourselves, well, what do I need to take action on that? Maybe I need some calm. Maybe I need some grounding. Maybe I need some motivation. Maybe I need to support myself in in some way because some actions that we need to take. Uh, In order to reach certain goals, we haven't really done that before it's new to us can be scary. So it's important to just maybe implement that habit of, I need to do uh, that action. Well, how can I take care of myself as I do that, Um, and really be um, conscious about, about that, because sometimes it can feel super scary to take an action and then we don't do it and then we kind of, you know, it affects our self esteem because we hadn't planned for our support for supporting ourselves as we do it it's really yeah
1: a hundred percent yeah hundred percent
0: and you mentioned burned out burnout and i think uh, many of us can relate to that because as an artist as a creative as a business owner there's a lot to manage there's you know the craft itself there's the business there's, there's the uncertainty uh, and the reality of of that uh, for some of us as we mentioned a chronic illness or mental health issues um, so I know that when you mix all of that together, it can easily lead us to burnout. Um, so I'm curious to know if you have any maybe guidance to share for the listeners that want to grow their creative work, they want to promote themselves, they want to reach more people with their art um, without burning
1: out. Yeah, I think I think it's a continuous um, practice for me to to learn how to mitigate burnout instead of just reacting to it. So it's something that, you know, I'm, I totally empathize with people who are going through it right now. And it's tough when you feel like you're already doing all you can to then feel like you have to add more to the plate. Mm -hmm. But what I would say is um, I think first there's this excellent book and it's available for free digitally. um, Making your life as an artist. And I was, assigned it for, for undergrad and it's one of the most like life-changing books I've, I've read for me personally. And something they speak about in the book is having an advisory board. And this doesn't have to be like formal mentorship or anything, but just list five people who you know can support you. Mm -hmm. And it's not like hiring on anybody. It's just, you know, do you have a former professor or, you know, a coach or maybe, you know, a coworker, somebody who, you know, you can go to um, to kind of support you in your creative work and have that built in advisory board kind of written down of like five people, you know, you can lean on. I think that's really, really helpful kind of for overall creative work and building a creative life. I would say that as far as putting yourself out there and marketing goes, I always encourage people, and this is something I learned from uh, Kate Lumpkin, who's a casting director. Um, She's absolutely fabulous, but start with documenting where you are instead of adding on something new to the routine. There is probably something really interesting about the work that you do. um, And maybe you just don't see it that way because it's so mundane for you or day to day and it's your routine, but someone else could get a lot of value out of it. Um, So I think start documenting what you're already doing and begin to share that and sort of see what springs up for you versus feeling like, oh my gosh, I have to put out like, you know, like I have to stitch someone on TikTok and I have to um, come up with like a a freebie right away. I think just start with, look at what you're already doing and is there something there I can share? Um, And I think that can be a really helpful way to start, you know, sort of putting yourself out there creatively without feeling like you are split into so many different directions.
0: I love that. So Something important that you just shared, I think, is um, just to remind ourselves that we're not alone. So asking for support. And I love what you shared um, about the book that you've that you've read. So I'll I'll link that in the show notes. Um, I haven't read it myself. So I'm just curious to read it for sure. But it's such a great reminder to um, to just know that we're not alone on this journey. And even if we have a lot of different things um, on our plate, when it comes to running a creative business, we don't have to do that alone. And we're always welcome to ask for any type of support, whether it's someone or a tool or practices, I think it's important to uh, be clear on that support system. So thank you for for letting us uh, into that that tip. I like it.
1: Yeah, it's, it's something that took me a long time to learn because I felt also sort of this sense of shame, right? And I think as as artists, oftentimes you you only see the the end result, right? And you don't see how mm-hmm. many people it took to create that, you know, gallery or that immersive experience or that film. You only see the finished product, but there are so many people who are involved in those types mm-hmm. of projects. So it's okay to say, I need help. And if it weren't for, you know, upperclassmen um, or alumni or you know, people I randomly met at a cafe, i I would not be where I am because they took the time to support me. Um, so I think it's important to to take stock of of the support you need and and know that it can also come from anywhere and just be open to receiving it
0: absolutely. and and to also deconstruct that that myth that sometimes we, kind of buy into the loner artist that mm. to, to, you know, to work alone where it's absolutely not the reality. So it's important to remind ourselves of that. So, and, and also something else that you mentioned is to start where you are. And I think that's one of the most important advice that we can just ground ourselves into when we feel like there's so much to do and we feel the burnout coming is just to, Take a look at where you are now and really assess the situation and then ask ourselves, what's the next tiniest little step that I can take instead of kind of working towards already adding more more goals on our plate? Um, and it has a lot to do with expectations, I, I can assume, um, but I think it's really important to ground into the present moment here and now, what's real, what's true, uh, and then to see how I can how can i take myself to the next step what's something small and doable and easily doable that i can that i can do here and now instead of kind of scaring ourselves with (laughs) those big
1: expectations? right i think i think that's a good point too about what's real and what's actually happening in the moment because if you are an artist and you're you're working by yourself especially kind of like this you know new pandemic post-pandemic era we're in where a lot of work is hybrid or we're spending more time alone um it is really sort of easy to get locked into that pattern and um oh my gosh I totally lost my train of thought that's absolutely okay oh my gosh what was I gonna say I promise it was like cool and profound um
0: (laughs) I'm sure it was (laughs) We were talking um, about, you know, starting where you are and um just being clear about what's true here and now. So I don't know if Oh yes. Yeah.
1: Gosh, yeah, you you got me. Okay, that helped me. No, I was gonna say that um it's very easy when you're when you're kind of locked into that pattern of feeling alone,
0: mm-hmm. that you
1: don't realize there are people who are actually interested in you and your work. Um, just because they're not saying it does not mean it's not there. And I've had that realization a lot, which is why I think it's such a good reminder that you you shared that because, um, you know, I've had clients reach out to me like six, seven months after I emailed them or like, you know, I never even talked to them, but they were like, Hey, this person who this happened to me, like last month, I had applied for a job a while ago, completely forgot about it. I got rejected. And someone reached out and said, Hey, the CEO of that company is my friend. She recommended mm-hmm. you. And I was like, they recommended me after like, what, eight months, (laughs) you know, and you truly never know what's going on behind the scenes. So it's important not to project that, you know, feeling of isolation or like no one sees you um, when it may not be true.
0: Exactly. Sometimes it's easy to kind of get caught up in that illusion on on two different points, like like you mentioned, um, it's not because clients are not reaching out now or anyone is um, connecting with you now that they're not one interested by what you're doing or following what you're doing or having you in mind or that they're not right. going to reach out later. And also it's not because, you know, businesses or artists out there that you see on Instagram or other platforms seem to be doing well, that they're actually doing really well. So it's it's yes, a weird exactly. kind of, you know, reality that we live in because Um, We may feel like we're really behind and people are really far ahead on the journey, whereas like the reality might absolutely not be that so grounding ourselves back into what is actually true, what do I know for sure, and then and then taking a step from there is really important I think.
1: Yeah, you're totally right. And it's been said before, but it it bears repeating is that you're only seeing the highlight reel of someone else's Mm -hmm. life. You're not seeing the full picture. And I think that when you're spending time solo and you're, you know, working as a solo practitioner, maybe a solopreneur, it is really important to be more objective about what you're seeing. You are only seeing that person's best moments. You have no idea what's actually going on behind the scenes. So it's it's easier said than done. I think that comparison is a very human thing. And it's something that you can't eliminate completely, but it's just being more aware. And I think that's something that's been helpful in my career as well is when I've noticed myself comparing to someone, I just say, I want to talk to them. Like, I want to know Mm -hmm. how they got to where they are instead of, oh my gosh, I suck. I'm awful. I'm behind. And that's how I've made some of my closest friendships or professional relationships, mentorships is because I was kind of able to, you have to put the ego aside, right? Mm -hmm. That's telling you that you're behind, you're awful. You need to be farther ahead. And it's, you know, being more grounded in, the here and now, what you can achieve. And if you partner with that person, I'm sure you're much more likely to get where they are than if you you know, kind of go into the shame cycle.
0: Absolutely. And I think collaboration is key when it comes to creative work, especially. Like I think in business in general, that's true, but I think it's even truer when it comes to uh, creativity and and being in the art industry. So yeah, absolutely. So as we start wrapping up our conversation today, I'd love to know um, maybe something you've been curious about lately, or um, if you want to share one of your passions or interests, maybe something that you find super fascinating that most people don't care about. So what have you been curious about these days?
1: Oh gosh. I mean, I have so many like oddly specific interests. (laughs) It's pretty pretty bad. Um, But I mean, I love so I I interned in Japan and prior to that I went to like Japanese language immersion programs and so I've always loved I mean I love anime but I also love specifically like Japanese teas um so I have been on a matcha kick lately trying to find the best matcha spots in London um Jenki is one of my favorite new places but I am also on a hojicha kick which Mm. um It's not as common outside of Japan, but finally got my hands on it. It's very hard to get. So I've just been fully enjoying my Hojicha lattes lately. And then other than that, I am always kind of on the hunt for a good docuseries. I love a good historical docuseries. And my friend actually recently co-produced the uh, bernie made off one that just came out on netflix so binging that a hundred percent has been those have been my two kind of recent creative obsessions if you will
0: i love that tea and docuseries that sounds very cozy
1: <laughs> it is cozy and yeah. the weather here in london is so mm-hmm. constantly gray and drizzly that it's all i want to do is just curl up with a latte and watch another docuseries it's so tempting <laughs>
0: Why not? (laughs) I love that. Thank you so, so much for our conversation today. I'm going to leave all the links to find more about you and your work uh, in the show notes. But before we end our conversation, is there anything that you'd like to share uh, from your heart to the listeners today? Maybe a piece of advice that you wish you had uh, received a few years back or words of encouragement, anything you feel intuitively that you want to share?
1: One of the best pieces of advice I've ever gotten, and I didn't understand it at the time, was from a movement professor. And it's one of the tenets of movement that she told us, and it's that you can always start again. And I wish I had known that earlier on, not just in my creative life, but in my personal life, that there are very few decisions that are permanent, And even if things go absolutely sideways, you can always start again. Um, There is an infinite amount of choices and there is no wrong one. There's only your choice. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's what I I would give listeners to take away.
0: Beautiful. Thank you so, so much for this and for our conversation today. Oh my gosh, thank
1: you. This was like so much fun. I feel very restored by all of these like good nuggets of wisdom.
0: Thank you for having this conversation or meditation with me today. And because it is a conversation, you're always welcome to reach out and let me know what came up for you. If this episode felt supportive, please share it with a friend and take a quick minute to leave a rating and a review. It means the world to me when you support the podcast. And if you're curious about working with me as your private coach, you can learn more at DearCreativeMind.com. That's also where you can find more resources to support you and also join our monthly gathering, The Creative Playground. Thank you so much for being here today and we'll speak again very soon.